What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are joined, as always, by our super producer, Noel Jackpine Brown. I think, yeah, I like yeah, it too. Yeah. It's it's pretty good in comparison to some of our other older nicknames. Very fitting. Uh, I was I was going to go with uh, Pappy. Pappy, yeah, Pappy. I yeah. mean, that's that's pretty good, Scott. But I'm at that age in my life where I'm not going to call another grown man Pappy. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably a good call on your part. All right, so uh, so we'll stick with Jack Pine. How about that? Oh, fair enough. Uh, today we are going to talk about something that. Is a, is a huge deal. And here's how we know it's a big deal. I was talking to my mom about this, and she already recognized it. Is and, she a big biker? Yeah, my my mother is a huge... Is she? Huge biker. Harley rider? Uh, no. A uh, sport know. bike. She's a sport bike rider? Uh, she, uh, my mom thinks motorcycles are incredibly dangerous. <laughs> As and, do most moms. Think, right, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a very mom thing to think. <laughs> um, but uh, she she recognized it, and she said... Oh, uh, the, the Sturgis motorcycle rally out there. And I said, Whoa, mom. What? I, mean, I, I was so startled. I almost called her by her first name. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely pop culture, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it definitely, it, it, uh, it surfaces every year, uh, kind of late in the year, right in what, August, August, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. mid August. But you, you start really hearing about this event, uh, in, in popular media, I guess, you know, saying the big Sturgis rally is happening, uh, right around mid July is when you'll start hearing about it a couple weeks out. So, at that point, if you're planning to go, you really don't have a whole lot of time to get it together to go. Mm-hmm. But those who go, they know. Just to show the magnitude or the enormity of this event, Scott, I think before we really get into it, it's good for us to give a little bit of background on Sturgis itself in comparison to the rally. Ah, I see. Now, you know what? Let me derail this whole conversation. Let's do it. How about this? I have a uh, one, one correction that I need to make. And also, I thought I would tell you about something that happened to me on my way into work today. Oh, okay, great. The second one, 
I think I, I know a little bit about this one, and it's nuts. All right, so I needed to shoehorn this in here somehow. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is a, this is the only way I know how to do it because I'll forget about it at the end of the episode. Yeah, That's why yeah. I do it. So here we go. All right, so we got a a note from a guy named Christoph S. And uh, Christoph S. wrote in on Facebook and said, uh, "This is in regards to our Halloween episode." Now, uh-huh. I, I know that's a long time ago. You know, the spooky cars thing that was a, that was a, wi- a ways back, but. That's kind of the way we work things. We, we record several ahead. So by the time I got this note, uh, we're already to this point in the year. All right. So that's kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit, I guess. Ben. But, um, <laughs> but here's what Christoph said. He said, not sure if anyone mentioned this already, but I just listened to your podcast about Halloween cars and it was highly entertaining. But did you mention, I think you mentioned that the Porsche 918 was the car that Paul Walker died in. And I knew right away when I read that I was wrong because oh. I thought, Oh, did I say 918? And he, he's right. He's absolutely, absolutely right. He said, pretty sure that it was a Porsche Carrera GT. And as far as I know, the 918 wasn't available at that time yet. So absolutely correct, Christoph. And uh, I told you that I would correct that on the air. I, I you know, did the uh, the Facebook, oh, geez, you know, the face, uh, forehead slap, rather, and uh, said, yeah, I was wrong. But anyway, so that's a uh, correction on our Halloween cars episode. And Ben, I got to tell you, just for a moment, what happened to me on the way into work this morning. It was so unusual. Yeah, could could you tell everybody about this? Because I, I I had asked you to say it on air after you told me. Yeah, I shared it with you right when I got here because I, it was so so unusual, so strange. Um, so here's what happened: I'm sitting in traffic. I'm on Peachtree Avenue, which is uh, not a shock to anybody, you know, for the Georgia area, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just outside the Fox Theater in downtown. There's a uh, uh, hotel right across the street called uh, the Georgian Terrace. And it's a big, beautiful old hotel. Sure, very classic design. And uh, there's a lot of activity around it, you know, vans and, and trucks and cars and people and lots of uh, look like construction vests. And uh, I noticed that they've got a lot of ladders and things. And it's, it's, of course, movie production. We see a lot of movie production here in the Atlanta area. Sure, yeah. So occasionally they'll shut down certain blocks in the city for movie production. And if you don't happen to have the, uh, the traffic report for that day, uh, you don't know where to avoid. And I was right in the middle of it. I got blocked for this. And... It was about 10 minutes or so, and I'm sitting there looking at the uh, the lineup of taxis and the extras waiting around and the craft services and all that and the just a bunch of activity. Mm-hmm. And I start noticing that all the taxis that are surrounding me are labeled as New York City taxis, every one of them. What? Yeah, New York City taxis right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. I thought, well, that's really strange. What's going on here? You know, So clearly they're trying to make it look like New York City, but it's just a weird feeling when you're sitting in the middle of one city and you know, it just doesn't seem to match up in your head what's going on. But they all said right. NYC taxi and there must have been, and I'm not talking just a couple. There were like 20 taxis that they had dummied up as New York City taxis. So the question that I'll ask on behalf of everybody listening to this story, what, what movie could it be? What do you think? I don't really know. That's the thing. We were going to kind of dig into that. This is so new. It happened just 20 minutes ago. Yeah. You know, I don't know what, what film they're shooting or anything like that, but um, I think we'll probably dig into that and find it, you know, figure out what it was later. But it was really, it was just an interesting thing to see. And, you know, there's got to be somebody here local that is providing these 20 New York City taxis. And I said that the uh, the decals that they had just kind of slapped on the side of them, mm-hmm. now, clearly these are just background cars. They're not going to be anything that's like the main focus because yeah. it was a little bit sloppy in the way they did it. And uh, you could see some of the paint on the vehicles even because they were bright yellow with uh, black trim. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that was a little bit sloppy, like it had been done really fast. Um, so it was just a, a kind of a crazy scene there. It was really strange. So they were they were probably uh, just sweeted or decorated for that day yeah probably yeah or that right. or i guess maybe this week however long their shooting schedule runs it's interesting because we've talked before about companies that simply own 
specific types of cars to rent out for film production yeah, right, or sure. TV production. Yeah, like we're looking for a classic, uh, you know, 1950s convertible for these this duo to make their cross-country trip in. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. We need an off-road truck for this scene. You know, that, that type of thing that uh, they can provide just about any vehicle you want, really. And this company apparently needed about 20 New York City taxis in a, in a hurry. And they said, well, we've got 20... Ford Tauruses, but they're blue. <laughs> that's right. And and then, you, you know, the question would be, well, how much would it cost to change that? <laughs> yeah, that's quite a bit, I would think. But uh, but it was interesting. It was a strange morning, and uh, I thought it was just noteworthy. You know, why hey, not? Hey, man, and thanks for not uh, not pulling over, surrendering your car to be painted as a taxi, <laughs> and then getting into the uh, big screen. Yeah, not very convincing, I wouldn't think. Well, you know, you always hear those stories about... Actors being discovered in the weirdest ways during a production. That's so, true. To sit in traffic and uh, suddenly they pull you out to be the star of a show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you got that every man appeal. Happens every day. It, Somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe not every day. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, and the uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Rally itself doesn't happen every day. It happens multiple days, as we said, in August, which means, unfortunately, if you're hearing this now, you missed you missed the 2015 one. Yeah, that's right. And that would have been the 75th running of this rally or, you know, the annual gathering, I suppose. Yeah. Even though it's been around for about 78 years, there is, uh, of course, reason they, they took off and that would be the war years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the uh, war years, because, again, the if you'll recall that uh, during World War Two, uh there was a, a spate of gasoline rationing. Yeah, exactly right. So in 1942, and then there was one other year, and I would guess that it's 1943, but I can't find that information anywhere that they mm-hmm. did or did not hold that rally. So mm-hmm. 1942 for sure, and I'm guessing one other World War II years was the reason. Yes, yeah, so if you go in 2016, mm-hmm. that's going to be the 76th running of this, and that's the second full week in August. Right, uh, 8th through the 14th. 8th through the 14th. Okay, so this year would have been the 75th. Again, it's been around since 1938, and uh, who was it started by? It started by ah, a gang. It was started by a gang. No, I don't know if we say gang. How about a club? A club. Let's yeah. say a club. It was started by a fellow named uh, J.C. Pappy, if you can hear my air quotes there, Hole. Uh, he was a motorcycle racer, and he uh, he was also a motorcycle dealer. And one of the things that he did uh, when he was in Sturgis was he started a club called the Jack Pine Gypsies. Ah, Noel's nickname. Yes, yes, Noel's, Noel's nickname. Yeah, that's right. So the Jack Pine Gypsies now uh, formed in what, 1936? And this guy is a an Indian motorcycle franchise owner, so that's how right. far back this goes. The, yeah. the original iteration of Indian, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So the guy, you know, he has a lot of friends who are motorcycle riders, of course, and, and but not a lot because we'll find out that the very first event, which was actually called the Black Hills Classic and not the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, right, uh, consisted of just one race with nine participants and a few people watching. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, man, there was an audience. <laughs> yeah, nine people, though. <laughs> nine people. Now, if you if you Google the, the term Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, you're going to see that attendance is enormous. I mean, uh, we'll talk about attendance numbers later, maybe. Okay, yeah. But, um this whole thing has just kind of grown and grown and grown. And I, and I did say it consisted of a single race. Now the, the original idea behind this whole thing was, um, to kind of focus on racing and stunts and things like that. And that's still a part of what goes on there now, but it seems to me, Ben, that now more than ever, it's more of a social thing. 
Yeah. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like that? I mean, cause there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, just gathering in the streets. There's a lot of people just getting together. That's about the only place where some groups meet, actually. Right. And different- there, there are a lot of people, like any other big gathering, there are a lot of people who go to the gathering but don't officially attend. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? They don't, true. like, buy a ticket or register. Yeah, they show up for the day and then they drive home or ride home or whatever. But others go there and they stay the full week and they do, they kind of immerse themselves in this whole experience. And we're talking about, you know, evening events, daytime events. There's, like, a, a ride with the mayor uh, that you can do. There's a lot of different, like, um, kind of side trips that you can attend. You can go to yeah. Mount Rushmore. You can go to the Black Hills Forest area. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff happening. So, um, oh, but, you know, we should just mention some of these things because um, there's the, the Black Hills National Forest. And, and basically, you're at the edge of it anyways when you're in Sturgis. So sure. you're, you're there already. You're in South Dakota, right on the edge of this national forest. So that's a, a great place to ride. Um, Silver City is just a short ride away. Mount Rushmore, as I mentioned, the memorial is um, just, I think it's just south of town. So it's about a one hour ride, mm-hmm. somewhere around there, an hour, maybe a little less. And uh, then there's the Badlands National Park in South Dakota also, which, but that's about two hours away. Mm-hmm. But again, you're there to ride your cycle with other people that, yeah. that enjoy doing that type of thing. So it makes for a great day ride. I want to talk a little bit about the very first rally because it's, it's so, it's, it's a fascinating story. So when they, when they first are doing this rally, when it's still the, the Black Hills, you know, and mm-hmm. not officially the Sturgis thing, uh, the, the event is catered, quote unquote, by, uh, Pappy's wife, Pearl, and, uh, the, the wives of the other guys in the club. Uh, they've got a dirt track race, um, that happens with the rally. And, uh, the first winner of that race is a guy named Johnny Spiegelhoff. Um, the the menu because they have uh Pappy's wife at the time Pearl talking about this. She recalls uh the menu they fed everybody for free. It was like sloppy joes, potato salad, and hot dogs, and uh it was in a tent behind the garage at the dealership. And this rally, Scott, proves to be so popular that the next year they had what nine people in nineteen thirty eight. Yeah. Uh the next year in nineteen thirty nine, it more. It, it blew up, not literally, but you know, like numerically, there were 800 riders. No way. They went from nine to 800? 1938, 1939, Whoa. nine to 800. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Like, it, now the rally gets bigger and bigger. And we'll talk right. about that in a minute, but yeah. you're, you're leading into attendance numbers. And I think we should just briefly mention attendance numbers now because it seems like the time. Oh, okay. So that's good. If um, that's all right. I mean, I've got numbers that start around 1990. I don't have anything from, you know, prior to that, but, um, you know, you said 800. Yeah. Jumping up to, up to 1990. So we're talking 25 years ago at this point. Uh huh. Attendance numbers. And they, these come from two different places. There's official attendance mm-hmm. and then there's South Dakota Department of Transportation numbers, which are traffic counts essentially. Yeah, yeah exactly right. So there are 10, they tend to be a little higher than the official attendance numbers, as you mentioned before, Ben. So what do you want to go with? Official attendance maybe? Or do you want to go with, uh, South Dakota Department I of Transportation? Think the, I think the more accurate picture is probably the traffic. And, and here's why, because as, as Scott's doing this, listeners, uh, we want you to keep in mind that Sturgis, South Dakota, according to the 2010 census, has a population of 6,627 people. 6,000 people. So when they had 800 join, at, uh, you know, at the, at the next year, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that in 1939, and I will guarantee this, I don't have any stats in front of me. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you that they didn't have 6,000 people in Sturgis in 1939. I don't okay. think it was, I don't think it was that big. Right, right, right. Uh, that is a current number. That's the current population there. And that's with, with the popularity of this event. So 
<laughs> well, maybe maybe that scares a few people away now that I think about it real estate wise, because, you know, you got to know that that's coming at some point in the year. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I mean, some people might might buy land there just because they can make so much money that one time of the year could you be it. And they could just be enthusiasts. They could just want to be there for that for that purpose only. So there's it's probably draws people there and it probably also repels people. Mm-hmm. But uh, six thousand, roughly six thousand. Right. Yes. So in 1990. The South Dakota Department of Transportation traffic count was 528,676 people. That's a, that's bikes coming into the town, really. That is a huge number of bikes coming into a town of 6,000 people. That's gotta, it's just gotta be overwhelming when it happens. And, and the photos look overwhelming for sure. Uh, you know, and yeah. everything that happens, the bands that appear in that town during that one week. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, I wonder if a lot of those bands appear there any other time throughout the year, or if it's just that one week when they make Sturgis their, uh, their, their point of focus. Mm-hmm. Probably just that week. You know, you do have to wonder about the aspect of how this affects the town's economy, but keep going with these numbers. Oh, well, okay. So it kind of, it steadily climbs for a while and then it drops off a bit. So, you know, it'll go up to like 540,000 then 600,000 in the year 2000. And then, uh, you know, it tops that it goes up to 605 and then it drops back down into the 400s for a while down even to the 300,000s. And then it starts to slowly climb up again. And this is weird, Ben. Around 2011, uh, there's about 415,367. That's from the South Dakota Department of Transportation again. Okay. In 2015, they gave it a round number of 1 million. 1 million people. 1 million people. 1 million bikes. Uh, 1 million bikes flooding, flooding this, uh, this town with 6,000 people. Now, there's some obvious holes in the uh, in the data here, and it's not just because I, I haven't given you all the numbers that are in front of me. Yeah. There's some missing attendance numbers from 1991 to 1998. Uh, I think 2005 was reported twice, but there's no 2004, so I'm assuming that's what's going on. It's just a, a mistake in the account here. Um, there's no 2012 to 2014 numbers. So what happened between 2011 and 2015 to make it jump from 415,000 to 1 million in attendance? Do you think that it's just simply... Maybe um a tipping point. Well, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's more like the news is spread about it at that point via the Internet. Yeah, I think uh, that's part of it. More people have a device in their hand all the time and are constantly looking at screens and looking for something to do. And mm-hmm. and uh, the networking that happens because of the connectivity that we now have. Yeah, I think that that has a lot to do with the, the growth of this whole thing. There's also ah, uh, there's oh, one big one. I'm going to wait and see. If oh, you get, see, see if I can hit it. Yeah, uh, there's also television reality shows that have uh, focused on. Uh, certain bars of that in that area. Um, one is what the Full Throttle Saloon, which I think just recently burned down, right? Right. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, and then the Travel Channel has also done some documentaries about Sturgis. Yes, yeah, American Pickers has gone there as part of one of their their episodes. Um, it, it's it's become part of this big popular media thing that you know a lot of people have heard about it. It's become a common. Well, then your mom's heard about it. That 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 shows you. And Don't I bet, talk about my mom, well, Scott. <laughs> no, I just mean she's not a biker. Clearly, she doesn't right, really right. hang around a lot of people that are bikers. Uh-huh. But she knows about the Sturgis motorcycle rally, and I would I would be willing to bet. And I haven't. I guess I'll have to test this this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll call my mom and find out if she knows about the Sturgis <laughs> motorcycle rally and see what she says. I think a big part of it. Those are all very very good points. Another big part of it is that this is the 75th anniversary. That's the one that happened Yeah, in 75. That's a number, you, you know, that iteration is one that a lot of people want to be at. Mm-hmm. So it's quite possible that in 2016, they won't hit that 
uh, that exact number again. It might drop off a little bit, but imagine how many people are going to be there 15 years from now. What, what is that, 2041 would that be? 2041. 2041 I'll, I'll see you there, for buddy. the uh, the even 100 number. Yeah, I bet that's yeah. a, that's going to be a huge one. Uh, so, do, yeah. Do you want to hear some stats about how it affects the town? Oh yeah, I'd love that because we just we just told you how how they're just absolutely flooded for this week yeah. in August. Oh yeah. Okay. So it has an estimated um, it has an estimated 800 million dollar uh, boon to South Dakota as wait, a state. Wait, 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 wait. The motorcycle rally. $800 million? Mm-hmm. $800 million. $800 million, uh, $800 million U.S. dollars, too. We're not talking about Ben Bucks here. Well, that's incredible. That, what, yeah. what do they do with that money? If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Well, that is a debate that a lot of people in local government probably have. <laughs> Maybe they cater the event like uh, like Pappy's wife did. Maybe they can they can afford a lot more coleslaw that way. And, well, uh, yeah, but this also, you know, this also the eight hundred million dollars that go into the South Dakota, the economy of South Dakota, uh, that comes from. 
uh, an overall number of like money spent on gas sure. and stuff you buy. You know, every popular event like this is, is a is a boon to the city mm-hmm. and to the state. You know how that works, yeah, right? It gets absolutely. dispersed everywhere, so it doesn't all go to this town of six thousand people. You know, they're not they're not doing eight hundred million dollars worth of improvements to the city every year or anything. Right? Not everyone's just getting a check. No, it goes to the roads and you know the the parks yeah. and all that stuff. It's it's distributed, it's dispersed, and uh, and. I'm sure that you know without the Sturgis rally, they would uh, they would definitely be looking for some other type of big event to, to draw something like this. Of course, right? This the city has an agreement with a, a nonprofit part of Sturgis, which is Sturgis Motorcycle Rally Incorporated. And you know how a lot of this uh, high dollar business stuff can get so complicated with different uh, different companies doing different things, right? Yeah, or different organizations. So they generate millions of dollars for uh, the count or for the city in terms of royalties, sponsorships, stuff like that. In 2012, the city council unanimously voted to keep that agreement going. And uh, in 2011, just from selling event guides and sponsorships, they earned like almost three hundred thousand dollars. The city itself. So let's talk about some of the downsides. Well, you know, we'll talk about the downsides, but can I just say one yeah. quick thing? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know how cities compete to get the Super Bowl every year? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here in the States? I, I feel like this is like they get the Super Bowl every year in their, in their city. And it's like, it's, a, it just continually happens to them over and over and over like again. Like how but cities it, compete for the Olympics or countries? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's over and over and over again for them. And, and that way, that's very fortunate. Uh, they know to plan for that too. So like they count on that happening every year. So if this goes away ever, which I don't really think that it's going to anytime soon, um, it, you know, the, they definitely would be looking for another type of event like this. But I don't know what would take its place by any means, but because I, I really, I mean, looking at it, there, there's just nothing like Sturgis really. When you, when right. you, when you observe that we, and we're observing this from as outsiders, I've never been to Sturgis. Have you ever been to Sturgis? I have not that I know of, but have, I've had some pretty drunken weekends in the past. <laughs> far as you know, you've never been disturbed. <laughs> as far as I can yeah. recall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. So you were mentioning some of the uh, the downsides, I guess, to this whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we can say downsides and positive sides. They're interesting statistics. A lot of uh, couples have been married at Sturgis, mm-hmm. which... Uh, that's a, wait, that's a downside? Well, it depends on your philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I wanted to mention that. But then also, um, there are hundreds of people who might be jailed. Oh, yeah. Arrested. Yeah. Uh, in 2004, that's one statistic we have. There were a little over 400 people arrested. Okay. Now, as we're talking about this, because there's more to come here. But, yeah. Uh, if you go to SturgisMotorcycleRally.com, which uh-huh. is uh, which you can go to for a lot of just general information. It's great, great site. It, it really is. There's a lot of information there. Uh, one of the things that you'll find there, and I think it may, may be under the FAQ section. I'm not sure. It's somewhere on the site. Yeah. There's a a, a, a page that's called what will bad biker behavior cost you? And so that tells you like, okay, here's our rules. You know, you may see, and you may, you may think it's kind oh, of yeah. anything goes during this week because you'll see a lot of stuff happening there. And sure. it, it's not all PG 13, by the way, there's a, there's a lot of R rated stuff and maybe even a little bit beyond that, if you know what I mean. But, it, uh-huh. but there's a lot of um, adult activity happening there, like, you know, drinking and you know, partying, let's just sure. say, and there's a lot yeah. of stuff that happens. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a bunch of city ordinances that you can look up here and it, it'll give you a, Line by line, itemized uh, depiction of exactly what you will pay for each fine that you're you've uh, received, which is so hilarious to me. Yeah. So city ordinances, there. Then there's state law. Then there's juvenile laws. 
And then I think there's one other section that's called um, just South Dakota motorcycle driving right. laws in general. So something you should just adhere to when you're in the state. But uh, there's a lot of stuff. And there's careless driving. There's city park violations. There's trespassing, dogs running at large, things like that. Of course, there's indecent exposure. I don't think sure. that uh, that surprised anybody, which costs $111, by the way. That's a ticket. The three cheapest ones, of course, are uh, $20 each if you have legal handlebar height or don't have eye protection if you're, <laughs> and you're a juvenile. Oh, so we're talking like the big monkey bar type ones. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love those. Yeah, And then, yeah, they're cool. And then uh, city park violation, which is uh, essentially being, I, I imagine, being either in the park after it's supposed to be closed or um, maybe parking on park property or something like on the grass or walking on the grass know. or they something. They might call that. Yeah, maybe walking on the grass. That's that's only going to run you $10. A $10 fine. That's not bad at all. So, now, So if you have 20 bucks and you want to live a little. But, no, these kind of, <laughs> <laughs> but these kind of run the gamut, though. I mean, some right. of these things like reckless driving will will have they'll haul you in for, you know, they'll bring in custody. Um, right. Another one, you know, requires a court appearance. That would be the use of a, a sound amplification device. Um, there's also, you know, of course, things like you can't ride your bike on the sidewalk. You can't um, give booze to minors. Uh, you can't be smoking pot. Oh, state laws. Uh, if you want to get into some of those yeah. um, restricted licenses and, and revoked licenses and, um, you know, possession of controlled substances and, and uh, you know, just carrying, um, you know, drug paraphernalia, things like that. So right. th- there's it, this runs the whole list. And, of course, juvenile laws. I mean, I don't know if we need to talk about this, but, uh, you know, providing cigarettes to minors or, right. um, you know, minors, uh, you know, smoking when they're not supposed to be because they're underage. Uh, of course, alcohol as well. Um, there's uh, the helmet is required for riders under the age of 18 in that state. But um, over the age of 18, you are free to choose if you wear a helmet or not. Uh, but if you're under the age of 18 and not wearing a helmet, you will be fined $94. And, you know, this list is is extensive. It's a long, long list yeah. of things. And, and it, it's probably worthwhile to read, um, you know, not just that, just skim that. But if you go to the South Dakota Motorcycle Driving Laws section and check out what you can and can't do before you get to town, that's probably a wise move on your part. Right. And a lot of a lot of that stuff under the motorcycle driving law, it's stuff you've heard before yeah. if you bike. You know. Also, a lot of common sense. There's just a ton of common sense things on there. I, no public urination. I mean, I think we all know that that's uh, that's something that you shouldn't do. But uh, a lot of people that happens to a lot of people, and of course, there's a fine for that. Uh, this is such a tangent. It was very short. Someone told me that people in Finland don't have that law. What? That Finland doesn't have. Uh, public. Oh, it's just public like, urination it's like a law. big pee party over there. Or what? I don't know, man. I don't on? know. And I don't want to be offensive to anybody in Finland. I just remember hearing that and I haven't checked it out well, yet. Finnish, uh, Finnish car stuff listeners need to, uh, <laughs> dial in immediately. And I'm old. See, I say dial in, but, uh, you need to, uh, you need to email me right away and tell me if that's true or not true because boy, that changes a lot of things. Ben. So okay, that, wait, that, wait. That just, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a game changer. I just, I just checked this. Um, <laughs> There's a new story from 2012 that says Helsinki braces for May Day public urination spectacle. Oh, no. Uh, during public holidays, apparently it's a problem. So apparently it's not legal. It's just one of those laws that's not respected. Oh, come on. I don't, I don't want to, uh, boy, and <laughs> I shouldn't say I don't ever want to go to Helsinki or anything like that, but, uh, if just they're going to have a, a, a day that is, day. uh, you know, called in the papers or wherever uh urination spectacle 
If everyone it's, knows this, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm I'm having second travel thoughts. Well, I'm sorry, man, but it's better, just like Sturgis, it's better to know what you're getting into. <laughs> all right. You know, and here's the thing, though. We you know we laugh and we joke about all this right. stuff and, and we talk about, you know, the, uh, um, you know, the, the kind of funny side of that whole thing, but there's also a serious side. I mean, there's a lot of motorcycles that are stolen annually. Yes. And, you know, I, I thought about this a couple of different ways. I mean, it sounds like a huge number. Um, there's a million people there, uh, a million bikes, let's say. And as of 2006, and I think that this number still stands, um, there's something like $250,000 worth of motorcycles stolen every year. Yeah. That's a lot of bikes stolen. Now you can look at that a couple different ways. You can say that, you know, well, motorcycles, a lot of them, a lot of these bikes that show up there are worth, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars uh, cause mm-hmm. there's the great big Harleys with lots of chrome and you know, customized custom, yeah, custom yeah. parts and paint and everything. And they're worth a lot of money. That's a good point. Uh, but the other thing is like, $250,000 worth of bikes. That's still a lot of bikes, no matter how you look at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of those. And, and here's the other thing that we need to mention. A lot of those are recovered eventually. The ones that are stolen from the rally are a lot of them are recovered. There's a, there's actually a pretty decent percentage of them that are, that are returned. And then if you read a little further into this, uh, this news story that I read somewhere about it, um, it says that the recovery rate for the, the 70,000 that are stolen annually, you know, all across the United States, mm-hmm. the recovery rate is actually kind of low. So, I don't know, is it like there's a focus on the bikes that are stolen from Sturgis to get those back somehow? Or is it just like that that brotherhood of bikers that uh, that bring them together? Because the ones that are stolen nationally, annually, are they're ones that are just kind of like one here, one there. Not part of a big group or not part of, um, you know, like a community that, right. that has come together for this one event, this one week. Well, you, want- could, you could say that the demographic there is more likely to recognize a stolen bike. Yeah, that, oh that's true. That's a good point. They may uh they may realize that, you know, that's not that guy's bike. I saw him riding it earlier mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Um something's a little fishy there. Let's report it. Yeah. Um and I think just a, a general, you know, brotherhood of bikers, you know, watching out for each other. I think that's what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, um again, you can you can look that information up. I don't I wish I had written down where I where I got that from. It's just a side note that I have scrawled here, but um as far as recovery of the bikes, it's it's not bad for the Sturgis area during that week. Right. Don't and let that scare you away. Yeah, don't let don't let that of all things scare you away. There are safe ownership things that any rider can do to um prevent your bike from getting stolen by anyone other than an intentional criminal who's been planning beforehand sure. to take your bike specifically. Yeah, well, bike owners are smart. They know what they know how to protect their property. Right. And there are, you know, there there clearly is gonna be uh, some sort of criminal element just because you can't have a group this large that doesn't have a few bad apples. However, despite, and you know, I, this really bothers me, Scott, this stereotype that uh, was once so prevalent in the past, but is still around today in some form, this stereotype of bikers as, as bad people. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And you know, this time of year when we're talking about this is even, uh, it's even easier to point to the fact that these are, oftentimes really, really good guys. Now, I know that there, like you said, there's those, uh, those 1% groups out there and all that stuff. Yeah, but that- you could say the same thing about, you know, any group that has a large amount of people. They're bad librarians. Well, too. sure. But I mean, I was specifically pointing out this time of year because we're right near the Christmas holiday here uh-huh. in the States. And how many times are we going to see stories on the news in the next month or so mm-hmm. of uh, biker groups, biker clubs, biker gangs even? Out at toy stores buying uh, toys for you know the uh, the orphans or buying toys for foster children or yeah you typically hear about the bad things that they do because that's the stuff that gets sensationalized in the news 
Right. We talk about that so many times on our show. Like that, you'll, there's so many good things about this group of people or this type of vehicle or this type, this, mm-hmm. this form of racing or whatever, but you only hear about the bad things. Right. Uh, the, you know, and, and of course, we're not saying that, uh, bad things are, uh, uncool things don't ever happen. That would be unrealistic, mm-hmm. but we're saying they are vastly outnumbered by the amazing, dare I say, historic things that occur at this rally. I mean, unfortunately, it is true that uh, J.C. Pappy Hull passed away in 1989. Oh, yeah. that. But but come on, man. The guy was probably how I don't even know how old he was at that point. But uh, if he was forming a, uh, a motorcycle rally back in 1938, he mm-hmm. had to have been a pretty old guy at that point. Also, you know, he had been really, really active in this whole thing all the way through. And I think, you know, even, what was it, the 1960s, I think, is when they started to really expand this thing, mm-hmm. uh, when they included a hill climb competition and motocross races. Um, you know, the, the, the races and the, the surrounding activities, they could involve things like there was like a half-mile track racing event that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the first year in Sturgis, they did that, and there were, what, 19 people participating or something, or nine people, rather. Yeah. Um, then there was, uh, I, I think there's like stunts that happen there, you know, like, uh, like almost like professional level motorcycle stunts, like people riding into, uh, board walls that are on fire, you know, like with mm-hmm. A on them and everything and jumping and, um, you know, ramp jumps and stuff like that and head on collisions with automobiles. That was one of the things that was listed. Can you imagine like seeing a stunt that is a head on collision with a motorcycle and a car intentionally crashing together? That would be a cool stunt to watch, but you yeah, know, to, to see how they come out of that safely. But things like that, that's what, that's the heart of this whole rally. You know, the, the stunts, the, the motocross, the hill climbs, the races, all that stuff. That's the, that's the main focus. And then it has since become such a, a social thing with, uh, with the, the nightclub activities. And I call it nightclub, but it's really saloons, right. uh, open air places where they have burnout competitions. And of course, uh, you know, they'll have things like, um, you know, concerts there. They'll have uh, a lot of rock bands, a lot of, uh, you know, country western bands. It depends on the theme of the event or the day or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, so many activities going on day and night there. And we mentioned the, the mayor's ride. There's, uh, you know, trips all over the place that you can take. It, it, you really can't do it all. You have to look at the calendar and decide yeah. what you're going to do. That's one of those things like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to forego this this year, but I'm definitely going to be in on this other event. And, and you have to look at it that way that you do as much as you can when you can. And just take whatever you can away from that whole thing. I mean, th- this is a, I'm glad you say it because this is a good way to think about it. You're essentially visiting a city that springs up for a small amount of time. You're visiting a, a real city. You, there's no way you can explore the whole thing in that time you're visiting. Yeah, that's true. It gets, it, it's a funny thing to think about. It's, it's not, what's the one that happens out in the desert that I'm thinking of? The, uh, the the music festival Burning Man is that right Burning Man now that oh. that's one where they actually just create this whole thing and then it's yeah. gone but this is a, like there's a there's a core of of you know uh, residents but this place becomes so big and so different during that one week mm-hmm. um places open up that were not there before they uh, and then they go away for the rest of the year and then they come back again so you're right when you say you can't explore this this place like if you were to go back outside of the rally uh, time you could explore it in one day probably. Mm-hmm. You probably check out all of Sturgis and go into every little local, you know, establishment you wanted to and find out, you know, what the, uh, what the guy that runs a hardware store does, uh, in his off weeks or whatever. And, uh-huh. uh, you could, you could have a, um, like a small town experience there if you wanted to, but that's not what you're going to get during this rally. You're going to get more of, um, uh, a party atmosphere, I suppose. Mm-hmm. If you use paper, you're a human, but if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. 
someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Now, it's in the the reports I saw said that Sturgis this year had a little bit of tension leading into it because there was a shootout earlier in that year in uh, Waco, Texas. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's right. That was in Texas. So you would think that wouldn't really have a lot to do with the Sturgis rally, but that was in mm-hmm. Texas in spring. So why is the... Sturgis rally important in the story because both of those groups who were involved in the altercation were uh, reputedly headed to the Sturgis rally. Yes. Yeah, so this would be the first gathering of those two groups that had this big shootout in a parking lot. You can read all about that uh, in, in May in Waco. And, uh, you know, this is supposedly the first gathering of them again in, in a different location. So there was a little bit of tension, you know, a little bit of uh, um, fear of what might happen when these two groups come together again. And I, I was supposed that, you know, an event with a million people, you're going to get some people that just simply don't get along, uh, you know, sure. gathering together in the same place. And, and where I think it becomes most dangerous. I don't think it's so dangerous when you're maybe cruising the street, you know, in the mm-hmm. daytime. Mm-hmm. You've seen the shots of like, you know, the, the bikes that line either side. And then there's also like a middle lane that they create with two more rows of bikes. And then there's a yeah. very narrow row of traffic. And that's for kind of cruising. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see a little bit of everything, a little bit of every one there. I wouldn't think that it would be so dangerous at that time, but when I think it would be the most dangerous, maybe Ben at night at it, a bar. Exactly at night at the bar. You know, you got the uh, the tequila flowing. Maybe you know, no one's riding their bikes at this point. Right. But, uh, 
But, you know, they're drinking, they're partying, they're having fun, and, uh, you know, someone bumps into somebody that shouldn't have. Yeah, it's happened in 2006 uh, to Hells Angels. I don't know if they were affiliates or just members. Um, shot and wounded five people that were out, outlaw motorcycle members, mm-hmm. uh, outlaw motorcycle club members. Um, but that was like 70 miles away from the rally. Ah. And it just got lumped in, which I think is not quite fair. Uh in 1990, uh, Sons of Silence guy shot, uh, a member of the Outlaws in Sturgis, and then two, uh, Sons of Silence members were stabbed as well. So those incidents happen, but again, they're, they're isolated. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about people, okay, people that are jailed annually, uh, somewhere around like the 400, uh, range. Like, yeah, four, but that's like, stuff like drunk driving or, or public, uh, yeah, the ones the ones that we, out. the ones that we listed earlier that you know you'll, they'll bring you in the custody arrest, like reckless driving, or maybe they spot you uh, riding your cycle down the uh, down the sidewalk or something like that. You know, they they might haul you in for stuff like that. But the thing is, like, you got to think about it this way: out of one million bikes there and people there, this is like four hundred individuals that that you'll hear about that cause this kind of disturbance, and that's what a lot of media outlets, unfortunately, are looking for. So that's right, not to sell some papers. That's not the real story of what's going on here. I mean, it's just it, it's just a lot of fun. It's a it's a real it's it's a it's an interesting gathering with a lot of people that from a lot of different backgrounds that get together and have a great time with their motorcycles. That's what it's all about. And it, here's what I find really funny, Ben. I I was totally surprised by this. I get the impression when when I hear about somebody who's going to Sturgis, you know, like I've got a neighbor who rides bikes, and yeah. I haven't even talked to him since I've been researching this. I haven't found out if he has ever been to Sturgis, but my neighbor strikes me as the kind of guy who would, you know, put on a backpack and head to Sturgis. He would ride his bike all the way there and, and ride back. That's not what happens with a lot of people, right? Oh, yeah. This is so strange. This is so strange because, okay, it's a huge number. Just uh, Yeah. I didn't believe it when I first read it. Yeah. Well... Less than well, this is a number from 2005, and and I don't know how this has changed in the last 10 years, but an old number says that it was estimated in 2005 that less than half of the attendee of the attendees actually rode their bikes there to the event. Uh, so here's what they do: they have shipping companies that transport their motorcycles somewhere near Sturgis, you know, like maybe just on the outlying towns around Sturgis, like maybe over to Silver City or something like that, uh-huh. and drop off the bikes, you know, at a, at a predetermined location. Uh, these people will they'll fly into uh, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. They'll get, a, you know, uh, rent a car or whatever, take to the, the hotel, go pick up their bike and then attend the rally, you know, drive in during the days on their on their bike and then come back to the hotel at night. And then, you know, again, once again, crate up their bike and ship it back home and not really ride, you know, to the rally or, or home from the rally. It's And the number is, again, 2005, more than half did it that way. So, it's it's interesting. It's 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 kind of neat that they can bring their families with them. Yeah, that they can do that if they want to. Because I mean, otherwise, it's a little bit. Um, it's it's tough to take. Uh, you know, like your your wife and kids with you, or you know, choose one if you want to take your wife or your kids, <laughs> right? Right. Um, on a bike. But it's it's interesting to know that you know they can bring their whole family with them. You know, maybe even trailer their own bike there mm-hmm. and stay outside of the rally, like far outside, maybe even fifty miles outside or twenty five miles mm-hmm. or whatever. And go in for the day and experience the whole thing and then come back out of it. It's almost like, um, attending a theme park or something, isn't it? It's interesting, but you know, you also, you can see it though. You can see the advantages there, uh, especially considering how choked up traffic has to be as you approach it. Sure. However, on my end though, you know, I'm not an eight and a half yards kind of guy. I think so much of it is about 
the drive, you know, if, if we were to drive from Atlanta to Sturgis, I think that would beat taking an airplane. Um, by far, oh. you know, especially during that time of year, it's August. Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. going to be pretty good driving. Yeah, exactly right. That's uh, that's all part of the journey, right? That's yeah. uh, that's 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 where the fun happens is on the way there and on the way home, really. But then again, I don't have you know, I I don't have uh, kids or family that I have to persuade to go with me. Well, you know I mean? yeah, you got a girlfriend. I mean, do you think that she would go for riding? Uh, I don't know what fifteen hundred miles up to uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. I don't know. That's a, we'll see. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. So can you really blame the guys that maybe put it on a trailer and then take the big SUV and get close to it? And then, you know, they still experience it, but it's not quite as pure. I think maybe as the ones that, you know, again, just throw a knapsack on the back of their bike and head off onto the, uh, onto the road. Mm-hmm. I, it's just a little different. I, and I don't discount either one. I think that they're, they both have their, uh, their appeal, you know, for different groups and, and, um, you know, it, what's right for one is not always right for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that goes that goes with anything, really. Uh, I want to let some people know, just to reiterate, the SturgisMotorcycleRally.com website is fantastic. The FAQ is a great read, especially the parts on the, the uh, schedule of fines and uh, what to do if you plan on getting married. <laughs> at the rally. Oh yeah, and you're not going to uh you're not going to cast stones, right Ben? I mean, you're not going to uh you said getting married there is okay with you, right? What? Oh yeah, if you know, uh interesting fact, uh legally I am allowed to marry people. Isn't that weird? Are you really? Yeah. You're ordained? I'm uh I'm internet ordained, oh. but it <laughs> but it passes as a legal thing. It really does. Yeah, I can marry people. I just can't divorce them. It's a one-way street. You know, I've heard about this, but I I don't think I've ever known anybody that could actually do that. Yeah, I think one of our uh one of our video producers, Tyler Clang is also or day. No kidding. Yeah. How long did this take you? Was it like not very long? Was it uh, you know your name and address on a on an internet form or what? Yeah, it was pretty. It 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 was not complicated. Do you have a so certificate long. or a badge? Yeah, yeah, I have a certificate. No badge. No man, no. The badge is a couple bucks extra. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> about the badge, no kidding. Yeah, you could do that. And you know what? Can I can I make one quick correction from something we said earlier in the yeah, show? Yeah, please. Just do. so that I don't get the hate mail about this. Hmm. 2040 will actually be the 100th rally ah. anniversary. So if you go in 2041, you're going to just miss it. That'd be the 101st. But 2040 is the 100th rally anniversary. If you want to go in 2038, that's actually the 100th anniversary of the beginning of the event. You remember? Because we said they skipped two years. Yeah. So it's one of those weird, like, um, now the Indy 500 is in this kind of weird cycle, too, like where they, they were off for the war years, both World War One and World War II. Uh, so... You know, the event has been around for officially 105 years at this point, but they have yet to run the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500. So same thing is happening here with a, a smaller delay, just a two-year mm-hmm. delay on this. So, again, 2040, if you want to hit the 100th anniversary of Sturgis. Yes, uh, and start start planning now because, as we said, there's a lot of stuff going on, concerts, events, rallies, races. Uh, I cannot recommend uh, the their website – highly enough because you'll get a lot of answers for stuff you need to know in advance is there construction at the time right mm-hmm. which is already going to be huge uh where should you park which venues are showing the events you want to see yeah again that list of uh laws and rules and regulations is probably worth five minutes of your time as well just check that out and see what you can and can't do you know helmet law stuff things like that um also you know, it's a good idea to just pick through that calendar and really 
explore what each of those uh, those events means or what it uh, you know what what its value is to you because there's just so much happening that there's no way to do it all really. Yeah, that's a good point, and you know it just means that you'll have to come back next year. That's true. You know we we always say this, but why why the heck haven't we gone to Sturtis? We're not bike riders, of course, but do you think as non bike riders we would be welcome there because I know there's always some clown that will show up on a, on a Honda Spree or something like that, right? You know, and and uh, they're probably welcomed, but you know they're yeah. making kind of a spectacle of themselves, sure. right? And it kind of intentionally, and I'm sure a lot of people look at them, you know, out of the side of their eyes, you know, like like kind of crosswise, like what's this guy doing here? Uh, you know, the beanie cap with a propeller on top or something, you know, on a on an old Vespa or oh, whatever. But okay. uh, you know that happens, right? And somebody shows up to kind of clown on the event a little bit. I see. Well, let's not do that. No. But but what if what if we could go to the Sturgis Rally? Do you think we would sure. be? Uh, of course, would think would fit in. I don't even know if I own a leather item. Well, maybe if, a belt. Are you serious? <laughs> if you're if you are respectful, if you're respectful, and you genuinely want to learn something. Most people who know about a thing, a given thing, are are usually pretty um, pretty enthusiastic mm-hmm. about talking about it. Like for instance, uh, I have. Um, I have hung out with people who are award-winning tattoo artists. I talked to a guy who had a Nobel Prize in physics. This is a true story. Oh, Mr. Big Stuff. That's cool. That's uh, a, he was Mr. Big Stuff. Nobel, really? Yeah. And, in uh, physics. Yeah. And the thing is that across the board, people who are talented and passionate about something enjoy communicating that passion to other people. Nobody is going, if you say, Hey, I have a question. What, um, what's the difference between, um, what's the, what makes the unique Harley sound like what? Cause I hear it and it sounds different from other bikes. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me why? And if, if you're being cool, if you're not being a jerk, when you're asking a question like that, most people would, uh, would love to tell you if they know. People like to say that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's kind of the uh, the general feel there too. That I've, and here, my only experience with Sturgis, really, the only, mm-hmm. and it's, it's very remote. I'll tell you that. I, I've been around film crews that have been there for the event, you know, okay. to, to kind of yeah. document what's going on. This was this would have been back in the late '90s and early 2000s, and uh, and they had an absolute fantastic time. They loved it. They weren't bike riders. They were there just with the crew, just as, had like just a film, you know, had like a van, you know, and just carrying their gear all over the place, but. Had a fantastic time. Had lots of stories to tell. Um, said nothing but good things about the people that attended. It was just, it was really a fun, fun event for them. And kind of ever since then, I've always had that like thought in the back of my head. Well, I'm not a bike rider, but I would like to kind of be there and just see it and experience it. Yeah. But I would definitely be an outsider at that point. Well, I, just don't overdo looking like a journalist. You know what I mean? Don't run around with the hat with the car. Well, I don't it. even mean that. I would just be <laughs> yeah, good point. No, I wouldn't do that. I would. Uh, I would just be there as just some guy walking on the street. You know, like uh, you know. Oh, I'm sure that's fine. No yeah. bike though. I mean, I, unless something dramatically changes between now and next year. <laughs> you know. Who knows, Scott? The future's a crazy place. <laughs> I'd be like the guy that's like going down the street, you know, super slow and wobbling and like the un- uncontrolled acceleration occasionally. And I don't know uh, if that's the right place to do no, that. No, no. See that? See, that's the thing. Like that would be the, that would not be the place to, uh, to bring your novice bike skills. You'd want to be at least a little bit skilled because you're in a, you're in a yeah. tight situation with a lot of very expensive bikes and people that are very particular about their bikes as well. Right. Navigation and personal space have to be big issues. Yeah. Use a lot of common sense when you go there. Don't, uh, don't touch anything unless you're, you're allowed to touch. And if you have been there, then we would like to hear about it. Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, so write to us and let us know, especially if you have any pictures. We'd love to post them. Do you, like last yeah. tangent, I promise. Yeah, yeah. I know we're wrapping up. Yeah. We, a long time ago, had a listener. His name was El Buche. Yes. And long-time listeners of the show remember El Buche's notes, and he was a bike rider, and he would send us little video clips of him in Sturgis at these saloons mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. with his uh, front wheel against the wall, and he's doing like a burnout, you know, like on a, on a slick concrete surface, and people cheering him on and just smoke everywhere. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know if he's still listening, and if he has. I mean, he, he's an, a Sturgis attendee, at least in the past, if not now. Yeah, I'd love to hear how he felt about the 2015. He, I think he ran a print shop somewhere, uh-huh. now that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I would love to hear his perspective on this whole thing again because i know he's probably told us about it you know five six years ago maybe mm-hmm. uh, i'd love to hear what's going is, on in yeah is it too big has it changed somehow fundamentally because a lot of people say as something as the the fame of an event increases the authenticity dwindles yeah that's this, that's something you hear the old guard say well often. sure yeah i think that's uh, with any event it's becoming too uh too hollywood right yeah yeah. Let, let us know. <laughs> let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We are Car Stuff HSW. That's where you can also see so many stories you post that don't make it to the air. You can check out every podcast we've ever done. And yes, we did one on the sound of Harley Davidson's. Find it at CarStuffShow.com. Oh, and one more thing: if you want to talk to us directly and you don't like the old brouhaha of social media, uh, then take a page from El Buche and drop us a line via internet mail. We are Car Stuff at HowStuffWorks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.